Hey, you know, I recently got a comment from uh, one of my fellow YouTubers here on my most recent channel talking about uh, the whole spy catcher service, not spy catcher service, but the whole secret of my excess deal and, you know, basically had things gone originally as planned that, you know, season three, you know, if that was originally going to be the final season um, as intended, that we would have probably seen Spike and Rarity, you know, together as a couple. Because, again, why would you have uh, an episode where Spike confesses, you know, his, um, you know, his feelings to Rarity and her pretty much acknowledging that she already knows, you know, why would you, you know, have him have that happen in an episode so early in the series uh, unless you were intending for it to, you know, be kind of the episode that brought things full circle and then you're going to, really bring it, you know, home in season three, because that would have been the final season. Well, uh, basically when I did that video, of course, with any YouTube videos, like I said, you get comments from people who find it interesting. And one person by the name of Silver Comet, I believe, uh, they have another name they utilize, but it's, in parentheses, they use Silver Comet. Uh, basically, they uh, mentioned something that kind of caught my attention, and I'm sure once I read it off, a lot of you will probably already know what I'm talking about, since it's been something that I've heard uh, be discuss you know, be discussed, um, you know, on the internet and in the MLP fandom for as long as I've been a part of it uh, myself. So, with that said, what I got here is a printout of all the comments, because they basically went back to back to back on the commenting of, you know, kind of explaining in their uh, own point of view from what they heard, from what they know of exactly, you know, what happened behind the scenes as far as, like, Secret of My Excess and even Spike at Your Service because, of course, I did a, a video on Spike at Your Service and everything and how that, you know, basically laid the foundation for the Apple Spike uh, ship um, within the uh, fan and canon kind of perspective, if you know what I mean. And, you know kind of laid the foundation for someone like Disney Fanatic to, you know, capitalize on it with their, um, the audio dramas, the web comics, Bride of Discord and Daughter of Discord. So anyway, this is what Silver Comet basically, um, commented. These are all the comments uh, he put together, uh, when it came into my most recent video. And this is what he says, and I quote, he has, and he actually has it listed kind of like in Prelude, Middle, and Finale. So this is how he starts it off in the prelude, and I quote. Um, this is what Civil Comet says, uh, you know, to start off, and I quote. Lauren Faust worked at a limited capacity through the completion of the first 24 episodes of season two. She stopped collaborating for DHX after Hasbro's approval of the second tentative draft for both episodes of the season two finale. She explicitly said... To have helped with the design of Crystalis and their Changeling army. Plus the original Candace, uh, the Unicorn, uh, not can well, can uh, Cadence, uh, the Unicorn. Continuing on, and I quote. Continuing on, and I quote. Faust had no direct participation or anything for season three. The only concepts from her that were later recycled for the episodes The Crystal Empire... Sleepless in Ponyville and Games Pony Play uh, came from unused dream lore. The Crystal, C the Crystal City, 
the Crystal City, excuse me, uh, in the first episode of season three, was an oasis of the astral plane where ponies can dream in safety, unafraid of nightmares, similar to real life lucid dreamers or lucid dreams. But that they must find first, but that, okay, let me reread that. Let me reread, let me start over again, guys, because I, I know, you know, some people may not like that, but let me start over, and I know I'm about uh, four and a half minutes in, so I do apologize. Uh, but let me start over, and I quote, Lauren Faust worked at a limited capacity through the completion of the first 24 episodes of season two. She stopped collaborating for DHX after Hasbro's approval of the second, quote-unquote, tentative draft for both episodes of the season two finale. She explicitly said to have helped with the design of Chrysalis and the Changeling Army, plus the original Cadence of the Unicorn. Uh, basically, Cadence was a unicorn originally instead of an alicorn. I'm guessing. Continuing on, and I quote, Faust had no direct participation on, on anything for season three. The only quote-unquote concepts from her that were later recycled for the episodes The Crystal Empire, Sleepless in Ponyville, and Games Pony Play came from unused dream lore, quote-unquote dream lore. The Crystal City, uh, which was episode one of season three, was an, quote-unquote, oasis of the astral plane, where ponies can dream in safety, unafraid, in safety, unafraid of nightmares, similar to real-life lucid dreams. But that they must find first by navigating the dream desert. So, in other words, the concept for the Crystal Empire, the Crystal City, uh, in the Crystal Empire, in the Season 3 premiere, originally, from Lauren Faust's uh, pers uh, perspective, her concept of it, uh, the Crystal uh, City, or Crystal Empire, was supposed to be like a oasis that you would find in your dreams. That you would have to navigate in the dreams to find, to, you know, go and enjoy yourself while you slept. Continuing on, it was meant for a late. It was meant for a quote, late episode seventeen to twenty-four block of season three, involving Twilight learning to deal with her anxieties. Season three, episode twelve, with Luna helping to guide her. Season three, episode six. So, in other words, the whole astral plane of the Crystal Empire, the Crystal City, being an oasis, a dream-like um, area. Or um, basically a dream-like, yeah, basically a dream-like oasis. That was all meant to kind of help Twilight, you know, overcome her anxieties. Because originally the plan um, had the three seasons gone as, you know, as, you know, as originally, you know, planned out. Or originally thought out by Lauren Faust or believed by Lauren Faust to be, you know, the length of the series. Which together would have been 65 episodes which is a standard episodic run for an animated series, then the whole Crystal Empire, Crystal City being a dream oasis would have played into helping Twilight overcome her anxieties in preparation to become a princess with Luna's help. If that made any sense, and I do apologize. And you kind of do see those concepts in Games, Ponies, Play, and Sleepless in Ponyville. So, you know, that's pretty cool that they use some of those concepts there. Now, continuing on, he gets into the middle portion, and I quote, The quote-unquote original plan, My Little Pony Adventures, you know, in, 
you know, in 2008, was for Twilight to replace Queen Celestia's uh, role by getting crowned as a normal unicorn, revealing in the last episode that she was of royal blood all along from the part of her mother, Velvet, going back to Princess Platinum, allowing for Celestia and Selena, who, came, who became Luna, to ascend back to the astral plane and finally be able to reunite with their families. So in other words, what he's you know, telling us here from what he's been able to find out, and I'm sure a lot of you have found this out as well, uh, basically, had things gone the way Lauren Faust originally intended, uh, Twilight would have become, you know, Queen Twilight as a unicorn because it would have been revealed that Twilight Velvet is of royal blood, actually Princess Platinum, and that all, by all this going down, it would allow Celestia and Luna, who was a codename Selena at that time, to return to the astral plane to be with their families. And I and, and that sounds pretty cool, honestly. That does sound actually pretty cool when you think about it. Continuing on. Uh, continuing on. Mitchell Aaron Larson, M.A. Larson, was tasked with writing the series finale two-parter Paradox uh, Pandora's Box, Season 3 to 25, and New Magic, Season 3, 26, uh, season three Episode 26. The script was approved internally before the airing of the Season 2 finale. So initially, you know, initially they were planning for Season 3 to be 26 episodes like the other two uh, previous seasons, but because I guess they wanted to go that traditional standard 65-episode run because, again, the belief was, you know, season, it was going to be a short series, They it looks like they, they cut that two-parter. You know, they cut that two-parter, which was, again, called Pandora's Box, for the 25th episode of Season 3, and New Magic, which was uh, Episode 26 of Season 3. And again, they say this script was approved eternally before the airing of Season 2. The finale of Season 2, that is. Continuing on. Hasbro's late executive meddling with the splitting of DHX uh, uh, personnel for the creation of Equestria Girls through the mirror led to the reduction uh, reduction of episodes... Okay, let me reread this. Let me reread this. Hold on. It states, and I quote, because this deals with why, you know, Season 3 changed, you know, uh, basically episodically from the 26 standard episodes to 13, and I quote, uh, Hasbro's later executive meddling with the splitting of DHX's uh, personnel for the creation of Equestria Girls through the mirror, which was the first Equestria Girls movie, had to, led, I should say, led to the reduction of episodes from 26 to 13. So in other words, basically the original plan was to have 26 episodes, but because DHX and Hasbro, uh, or not DHX, but Hasbro basically saw the money, I guess, other properties like Monster High and Ever After were making with what they were doing, they decided they wanted a piece of that, and basically they saw MLP as, you know, a property they could actually utilize to go in that direction, and that's what caused, you know, Season 3 to be reduced from 26 episodes to 13. Now, continuing on, and I quote, Megan McCarthy changed the mid-season finale musical Magic Mystery Cure, originally an elements experiment, origi- okay, let me, re- let me read it out. 
Megan McCarthy changed the mid-season finale musical Magic Mystery Cure, originally an element experiment developed entirely by Twilight, mixing, uh, mixing it with the narrative from Pandora's Box, the crystal chest sent by Celestia replaced with Starswell's book, skipping the all magic is lost forever, similar concept that in the season 8 finale, and changing Twilight's self-sacrifice and rebirth for the mostly involuntary transformation seen previous to her crowning. So, basically, the... Basically, <coughs> excuse me. Basically, Megan McCarthy was responsible for kind of changing Magic Mystery Cure, you know, into what it was, or to what everybody saw because of Hasbro's meddling and all that. And basically only taking certain elements and switching them around to fit within the, the story complex. Continuing on, and I quote, and I do apologize if I'm, you know, messing up on the reading here. You know, I'm just, like I said, I'm reading this right now for you guys here on, on this video in this premiere, kind of live premiere. It's not live, live, like a live stream, but live premiere. But anyway, continuing on. Uh, the main difference between versions is that in the original, Celestia and Luna's powers, Sun and Moon, were lost alongside all other magic, with Twilight creating new magic to reach it, using her own soul as a material uh, component for the ritual, then carrying all magic from the other side, quote-unquote, back inside of her, Celestia and Luna simply refusing to take it back from her. Excuse me. Well, in the final version, which was Season 3, Episode 13, Twilight just brings new magic from the astral plane that belongs to her, the magic of friendship, hence requiring her own toy set kingdom to be represented fairly. Now, continuing on, and I quote, here's the final part, because again, he broke it up into three parts. Final part. Here, he, okay, let me, let me, uh, let me rephrase that, let me restart. But now, here's the final part. Here's the third and last part he broke it into. How is all this related to Rarity and Spike? There was a quote-unquote path for the destinies of each of the main six, plus the CMC and Spike, that was mostly discarded by DHX as soon as Faust left completely. So in other words, as Lauren Faust has gone on record um, herself in saying, uh, you know, basically acknowledging that originally she had all these set goals for the main six and some of the friends, like the CMCs, the who are you know two of them or three of them being sisters, if you will, of the three of the members of the main six, and of course Spike. But go, continuing on, oh, let me reread that. How is all of this related to Rarity and Spike? There was a quote-unquote path for the destinies of each of the main six plus the CMC and Spike. That was mostly discarded, quote-unquote discarded, by DHX as soon as Faust left completely. While she insists on, quote-unquote, leaving the place herself, the realities are more complex. Basically, some of the Big Fish VIP, quote-unquote Big Fish VIP, uh, investors of Hasbro did not like some of her, uh, quote-unquote, pro-feminist outings, demanding that she would be removed or capitalized else. They will move the financial assets to Mattel. In other words, uh, basically what they're saying here is 
some of the big fish VIPs of Hasbro, basically said, hey, you don't get, you know, Lauren Faust out of the picture, we'll take this concept of MLP and sell it to, ha to Mattel and let them make a profit or something like that. Now, continuing on. Whatever they had in mind for the characters by the scripting phase of season two was uh, uh, tunicated before it finished its production. Some hints of this internal battle can be found at the end of the wedding of season two, episode 26. Rarity pushing all the other mares and possessively taking the flowers, forcing fate to bind her to her wishes. Continuing on, the pictures that the pictures taken shows Spike dancing with Sweetie Belle, like how in a typical uh, uh, telenovel, Latin American serial drama slash soap opera, the rejected guy ends up with the younger sister of the original love. Luna arriving at the very end, uh, quote unquote, missing all the important stuff. All of her voice scenes were. Uh, redacted by Hasbro's request without giving a reason. And then to finish it off, this is where the spike at the service part comes in. Well, this is how it basically, you know, yeah, ba yeah basically this is how spike at the service comes into play, if you will, for season three. It says, later on in season three, the rarity episode, the quote-unquote rarity episode involving Spike, original script for spike at the service, episode nine of season three, was edited so it was Applejack instead. This was to avoid quote-unquote implication related to the way Rarity in character would treat Spike while in that position of power, knowing he had quote-unquote no choice in the matter unlike any previous episodes where he always did things for her by quote-unquote his own will. Now finishing off, this is what they say. This quote-unquote special behavior of hers was subtly referenced later in Inspiration Manifestation, which was episode 23 of season 4. I think they meant 5, but we'll see. I considered this, quote-unquote, the last of the classical Sparity episodes. Okay, so what he's getting at here, you know, because like I said, you know, I look at, you know, the fact that when they did secret of my excess, you know, you would, you know, so early, you know, would, you know, so early in the series with Spike confessing his feelings for rarity and her already knowing, uh, basically what he's, you know, getting at is that because of a lot of eternal uh, meddling, things had to change. Things had to change in a way that basically, you know, you know, there was decisions going back and forth behind the scenes. Like, the reason we see Spike dancing with Sweetie Belle, you know, in the, um, in those pictures, that picture montage, if you will, uh, that happens at the end of the episode, uh, basically, it's like a telenovela, a telenovela, novela, which is a soap opera in uh, Spanish, if you will, Latin American, uh, if you will. Basically, it's like, you know, in a telenovela, you know, or soap operas in general, 
you know, the youngest sister always ends up with the guy that gets rejected. Like the, you know, like the love of his life, like the love this guy is looking for that he thought originally was with the older sister, you know, is actually found in the younger sister. And that's what Silver Comet is uh, trying to explain, that the reason we see Spike dancing with Rarity the way, he, not Rarity, but with Sweetie Belle, you know, the way he does, is mainly because of the fact that uh, Sweetie Belle was being positioned, reference-wise, uh, if you will, um, was being positioned reference-wise as basically who Spike would have ended up with from a telenovela-like um, perspective. Again, he also brings up the fact that we, when Rarity pushes all the other mirrors out of the way, like, you know, like the, you know, ma the, you know, the bridesmaids and all that, just to get the flowers and everything that Cadence tosses, you know, and basically sealing her destiny by fate of what, of what is to be, you know, again, all of this was eternal, was all internal uh, battling that was going on. Like, basically, a lot of the decisions that were agreed upon, reluctantly agreed upon, and stuff like that, were all because of eternal struggles. And as far as Season 3 goes, you know, how it relates to Spike at your service, and again, I'm sure a lot of you already knew about this, Spike at your service was originally supposed to be a Sparity episode. And that basically it was supposed to be Spike serving Rarity or trying to pay back Rarity, you know, hand and hoof. You know, in you know, basically, you know, taking care of whatever needs she needed. However, you know, however, obviously, because Rarity is the element of generosity, you know, they didn't want to put her into that light where she would take advantage of the situation of here's the character that has a crush on her who she has saved, you know, somehow from the Timberwolves, um, if you will, whatever situation originally he was going to be in, you know, here he is trying to pay her back. And, you know, she obviously sees an opportunity to be like, hey, I can I can get this guy to do what I want kind of deal. And apparently uh, behind the scenes, they didn't like the idea of doing that. Now, we kind of saw something identical, if not similar, if you will, or referenced, or subtly referenced, uh, if you will, or subtly similar uh, later on the final season with Dragon Dropped and how she felt with, about Spike being around Gabby and her doing what she did there. So, obviously, any idea that they had planned originally for Spike at the service where Rarity was supposed to be the pony uh, Spike was trying to pay back and not Applejack, that subtly got used um, obviously in Dragon Dropped. And then, when you really think about it, honestly, I think it was a probably a good move on their part to go that route because, one, you know, we don't get that many um, Spike um, Applejack episodes even, you know, as early as back then. So to see uh, Spike and Applejack teamed up together in an episode and it being done to basically teach a lesson on, you know, from Spike's point of view and even Applejack's point of view, I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was a, pr a pretty cool decision for them to make. But again, to basically, but again, for Silver Comet to bring up, you know, what we already knew that originally, or at least the most of us, a majority of us knew um, already that, you know, the episode was supposed to be a Sparity episode originally, you know, Again, when you read 
when you listen or read what he has to say, and I'll try to provide some of that uh, in, the in the description box, if you will, it does kind of make sense um, in the long run, you know, as to, again, you know, why the change was made. And, you know, I, I <laughs> this, is, this here is just an example. I mean, all these things that he mentioned, these are just examples of, you know, you know, you may come up with the concept, like Lauren Faust came up with the concept for this, and you may be able to see most of it come true even when you're not there in some shape or form. But it definitely shows you that even though you might have good intentions, you might have some good ideas that you feel could work, that it's not always your final call. It's always going to be the people above you. It's always going to be the people above you that are saying, hey, look, you know, you need to do this, this instead of this. I mean, again, this would better explain why season three was cut short. It wasn't mainly because they weren't going to go the 26 episode route. They were, but mainly because of the fact that, you know, Hasbro wanted half of DHX's uh, staff and personnel that was working on the series to go work on the Equestria Girl spinoff because apparently they saw the money the other companies like Mattel, I think, was bringing in with the things like Monster High and Ever After High. So, so yeah, you know, again, this is just an example of behind the scenes, you know, that behind, uh, behind the scenes meddling by executives of, you know, understanding, hey, fans are the reason, understanding that fans are our bread and butter, but also sticking the nose where it doesn't belong. You know, some decisions, you know, some direction, uh, directives that they and later on Megan McCarthy uh, through them uh, came up with. Yeah, some of those decisions were, were great to go with. I mean, again, the fact that, you know, instead of putting, you know, Rarity in the position of Spike paying her back, they instead they went with Applejack. That was a great move because, again, you know, Rarity is looked at as the, you know, element of generosity and yes, we have seen in earlier episodes, even back then, in later episodes, that she could become, you know, the exact opposite of that, or she could be, or have the tendencies to become the exact opposite of that. And it basically, uh, you know, it basically puts her in a, in a bad light. It basically puts her in a very bad light to the point that she has to come out and apologize for her actions. Now, again... You know, for them to change it over to Applejack, it it's okay. I I would I'm I agree. It's a good move. It actually worked out a lot better. But you know, you you have to wonder again uh, because I believe he mentioned it here that it sounded like from what I'm getting at. You know, from what I'm getting at here, it says um, later in season three, the rarity episode involving Spike. Original script for Spike and Rare, uh, Spike at your service, of which was the ninth episode of season three, was edited so it was Applejack. And this is what they said, and this is what was um, room uh, talked about even long before I, long before Civil Comment put this in the descript, uh, put this in the comment section. This is what was uh, the, this was the reasoning. The reasoning was to avoid implications related to the way rarity in character. Would treat Spike well in the well in that position of power, knowing he had quote unquote no choice in the matter 
unlike any previous episode where he always did things for her by his own will. In other words, uh, in other words, basically, you know, they didn't want to, like I said, they didn't want Rarity to come off as somebody that was taking advantage of something that Spike in previous episodes and future episodes does on his own accord because he cares that much about Rarity more than just as a friend. But yeah, but yeah, this just, again, is a prime example from a behind-the-scenes standpoint of executive meddling coming in when it shouldn't. Now, again, do they end up making decisions that seem to be the right decisions in the long run? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And again, choosing Applejack to be in place of rarity in the episode Spike at your service, I think was great. But all the other potential that they had to basically rearrange and subtly put in or put in in quick spurts of, with future episodes, had they left it as originally planned, from what I've read, I thought they, I, I honestly believe they would have done, you know, would have done a lot better. I think if they would have left things as originally intended, you know, without so much meddling, I think honestly, you know, the finale for season three, you know, would have been a great a full circle, a coming full circle kind of situation when it comes to the premiere of that same season. And, and then just go from there and see what happens. But overall, though, again, you know, just reading off, you know, these uh, behind the scenes things that Silver Comet, you know, brought up in the comment section of the one, my previous video, it definitely shows you that, again, you know, executive, like I said, executive meddling can be good, but it could also be not so good. And that sometimes you just got to let the people who come up with the concepts and the ideas to do their own thing and see what happens. So, overall, overall, again, some of these uh, ideas, I, I mean, again, some of these ideas seemed pretty good. I mean, I mean, the fact that they took a lot of the concepts originally intended uh, for the, um, for season two, for the season two finale and the season three, uh, premiere and finale, you know, to see some of those concepts utilized later on in episodes like Sleepless in Ponyville, Crystal Empire, and Games Pony Play, you know, it's better than nothing, honestly. And again, I think some of what was originally intended for Rarity to display had she been in the position originally than Apple than Applejack was. I honestly think we saw a lot of that kind of come to fruition and drag and dropped in a very subtle um, in a very subtle way when you really think about it. But anyway, though, guys, what do you think? What are your thoughts on what Civil Comet had to say? Comment down below. Let me know what your thoughts are on the live chat during the premiere. Um, I do apologize. I went back and reread things, um, if you will, kind of, and sounded like I was rambling. I was trying to make sure I got, you know, every, you know, comment or everything that he was talking about, he brought up, uh, done correctly. You know, again, let me know what your thoughts are down below. Let me know what your thoughts are on the live chat during the premiere. And I will talk to y'all later. God bless. Take care. Get vaccinated if you can. And I am out.